This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Not too long ago, I came across some old teaching tapes of mine and some study notes of a message I began to teach in the mid-1980s and over the years developed it, but that title was called, Who Told You That You Were Naked? Now, I took that from one of the questions that God asked Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3 after they were tempted and fell into that temptation to eat of the tree of good and evil. Now, I don't think anyone, including you or me or anyone else, says, I can't wait to be tempted, I can't wait to be distracted, and I can't wait to fail God, and I can't wait to be kicked out of the Garden of Eden or the presence of God. There's something about the presence of God that when we appreciate the presence of God, the longing of our hearts is never satisfied without the presence of God, to be in His presence. Can you imagine? Here, Adam and Eve could every day walk in the cool of the day. They walked every day with God in the garden, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the one thing that they did was they focused on a tree of good and evil, and all you get from eating the tree of good and evil, if you already have it good, is evil. And yet, the other distraction is this, the the tree in the middle of the garden they should focus on was the tree of life. And yet, in their hearts, they began to look to what they could not have and long for, even though all they would get out of eating from the tree of good and evil is the evil, not the good, because they already have it good. They have it great. They're walking every day, talking with God. They've got everything they need to be in the presence of God. Oftentimes, the flesh that wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh in our lives, if we're not careful, then we fall to those same kinds of temptations because our focus should be fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But when we begin to put our hearts towards something else, no longer is he the center of our heart, the center of our focus, but those other things that we're distracted by become the center of our attention. Isn't that what happened in the garden when you have the center of the garden should have been the tree of life? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. And yet in their hearts, they began to look and wander off and begin to look at this other tree in the garden, but not the center. It was the the tree of good and evil, and begin to wonder why they couldn't have what they could not have. And often we begin to question those things instead of trusting God, because without faith it's impossible to please God. They began to let the center of their attention, the center of their heart, no longer be the tree of life but began to be the tree of good and evil. Hi, my name is Marlene Yo, and I direct Somebody Cares New England, located here in Haverhill, Massachusetts. In 2002, when I met Dr. Doug Stringer, from the beginning we knew that God had knit our hearts together with the same city-transforming DNA. Doug and the team of Somebody Cares has invested in this location, in our lives, and in my life personally, in a myriad of different ways. One story to tell you is this. They found out that we were doing an outreach here in our neighborhood, and both Doug and Jody paid their own way to come here to invest and to serve what God was doing here in our neighborhood. That's not unusual for the team of Somebody Cares, to find out a need and to meet it. And if you're interested in being involved in something that's bigger than yourself, something that is literally changing the world, something that is a net that works, then I advise you and encourage you to look up somebodycares.org and you will find plenty of ways to get involved.
Let's look at this for a moment in Genesis chapter 3. In the New King James Version, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Or here's how it says in the New English Translation. Now the serpent was more shrewd than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Is it really true that God said? Wow. So so the New English translation is a great question. Here's what the serpent says to to Eve. He says, is it really true that God said it? Or the New King James Version, he says, has God indeed said? In other words, whenever we begin to get tempted, we're beginning to question God and the voices around us begin to challenge what we believe. We've got to be a people that have a plumb line who have a love for truth more than our emotions, more than our preferences, more than anything else around us. And the only way to do that is keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. To know His character, word, and spirit is to get into His word and not let the word become compromised or for voices to begin to tell us, is that really how God said it? Is that really what God says? See, without the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit in our lives to breathe life and light on the truth of God, which is the truth is the life, the way, the truth, and the life is Jesus. If we don't have the Holy Spirit in us to again keep us focused on fixing our eyes on Jesus, who it says if he'd be high and lifted up, he would draw all men unto himself, then it's easy to begin to question, did God really say it that way? Is that really true? Is it really true that God said that you must not eat from any tree of the garden or the orchard? But here's what the woman said to the serpent. We can eat of the fruit of the trees of the orchard, but concerning the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the orchard, God said, you must not eat from it. You, shall mu- you must not touch it or else you will die. Now, here's the, the, the distraction here. First of all, the middle of the orchard, the middle of the garden should have been the focus of the tree of life. But in her heart, they should already begin to shift and see that the middle of the garden or the center of her tension, in other words, was now the tree of good and evil. So the serpent said to the woman, surely you won't die. God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like divine beings who know good and evil. In New King James, it says in verse 5, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So the, the, between the New English translation, other translations, the New King James here and the King James, it, the, the summary of this is that if you eat of that, God knows that if you eat of that, you'll be like God or you'll be like a divine being. Isn't that the thing that we're always trying to get to? to somehow we want to control God rather than let God be the Lord of our lives. If He's truly Lord, he has, he, has the, he has the ability to guide us and direct us because we trust Him, we have faith in Him, that He's always looking for good and not evil in our lives. Now watch what it says here. It says, after they ate it, and I want you to look at what it says in verse, uh, in verse 6 now. When the woman saw the tree produce fruit that was good for food, was attractive to the eye, and was desirable for making one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some of it to her husband, Adam, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now, here's, here's some important points here. The tree looked good, it was pleasant or desirable, and it would make one wise. So isn't that how all temptation is? 
In fact, it says in 1 John, it says that, that the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh, those are the same things that we see here. Our flesh is desirable, insatiable. Our flesh wars against the spirit, and we begin to say, well, it looks good. It looks pleasant and desirable, and plus it will make me wiser. It will give me more access. But here's the three questions that God asked them in, after verse 8. Verse 8 says this, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now watch this. When we recognize our spirit knows when we've been tempted, our spirit knows when we've sinned or, or have pained God's heart, and so what we tend to do is we, one, in verse 7, we, we try to hide from God by sowing fig leaves, what we call a compensatory facade. It's where we compensate on the outside because of the shame we have. We compensate on the outside for the pain or the insecurity on the inside. We create coverings for ourselves because God wants to be our covering, and yet when we recognize we have separated ourselves from God by sin, then we create our own coverings or we create our own compensatory facades. And until we deal with the root issues of that, we will constantly be looking for areas of compensating for the insecurities, the pains, and the hurts from the, and the shame from within our hearts. And then it says in verse 8, so they actually hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Wow. We all know if we think about this, there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. In fact, there's nothing that's more satisfying to the soul than being in the presence of the Lord himself. But here's the three things that God then, looking for them, he asked them three primary questions. Verse 9, he says, Adam, where are you? You know, it's amazing to me, the scarlet thread of God's grace and redemption. From the very moment that Adam and Eve sinned, God was already looking for a way to find them. He was looking for them. As they were hiding from God, sowing their, making their own coverings, creating their own fig leaves to cover their shame and their hurts and insecurities and sins, God was already looking for a redemptive plan to get them to answer Him and to come back into relationship with Him. Where are you? First question. Secondly, well, in verse 10, Adam says, Well, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I was afraid and I hid myself. Shame has a way of creating condemnation, creating a separation between us and God, and it creates a place of us wanting to find a new covering to satisfy the longing in our hearts, but yet reality is we'll never be satisfied in the longing of our hearts or be satisfied in life to a right relationship with God himself. And God is looking for a way to bring us back to that place. So he says, I was afraid, I was naked, so I hid myself. And so the second question in verse 11 of Genesis 3, God says, well, who told you that you were naked? He's not condemning Adam at this point. He's saying, but who told you this? Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I command you that you should not eat? And then Adam said, the woman whom you gave me, she gave me of the tree to eat and I ate it. You know, it's amazing how when we sin, we project our own sins and actions onto someone else. We're always blame shifting. Remember the old comedian used to say, the devil made me do it. It's easy to blame someone else, but we first and foremost must take responsibility of our own choices, our own actions, and not project that on someone else. And here's Adam projecting 
and excusing his action on his wife or on Eve. And that was the first that was the first thing he did, deflecting responsibility. But God says in verse 13, then he says another question. And the Lord said to the to the woman to Eve, What is it that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. Now it went from Adam blaming Eve and Eve now blaming the serpent. So the Lord God said to the serpent. Now he begins to curse the serpent and, and he curses the one that created the temptation to bring deception into Adam and Eve's life that caused Adam and Eve to be tempted to sin, cover themselves with fig leaves, and hide themselves in shame from God. As you've listened to this message today, you may be asking yourself, so what should I do now? For me, I have to look at those three questions that God asked Adam and Eve. Number one, where are you? That's where I have to be honest with God and take honest review and reflection of my own life and the circumstances I'm walking through. Where am I really? Where, where am I in my walk with God? Am I being honest and candid with God and with myself? Or am I compensating on the outside for the lack on the inside? And the second, who told you that you were naked? There's so many things pulling on our affections in the world today. And we have to ask ourselves, are we walking in the security and the peace of God that surpasses all human comprehension? Or are we looking to satisfy the longing in our hearts with the things of this world? Who told you that you were naked? If we begin to let the world dictate to us who we are rather than the Lord, we'll always find ourselves wanting. We'll never be satisfied because the flesh is insatiable. But in God's presence and His Spirit, we are complete in Him. We have the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then the third question, what have you done? And there are times in my life I have to look back and I have to be honest. And even as King David prayed when he said, don't let the presumptuous or the hidden sins of my life go undetected or undealt with. And that's just my paraphrase. But I, I look at that in my own life. God, if there's things going on in my life and I have this lack of peace, this lack of joy, this lack of the sense of the presence of God, I want to look at what is in an attack of the enemy or others, or number two, where is it I've allowed a breach in my own life because I've done something maybe uh, proactively or not proactively, or it's called the sin of, of commission is to do something proactively. The sin of omission is to not to do the right thing when I should do it. So I begin to be honest. I'm not walking in condemnation because there's no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus and who walk not according to the flesh but by the Spirit. But yet I have to be honest and say, okay, where have I allowed compromise or things in my life? What have I done or not done in my walk with God that somehow affects my walk with God and my place of influence in the lives of other people? So three great questions. Where are you? Who told you that you needed more outside the bounds of God than what God has already provided? Who told you that you were naked? Number three, what have you done? So when I reflect on these things, especially in the question, what have you done? If there's areas where the Lord reveals hidden or actual presumptuous or hidden sins or, or, or active sins in my life, I want to quickly respond to that through confession to the Lord. So the first thing I do is, is confession of my sin to God. Say, God, if there be hidden or presumptuous sin or any active choices, my own choices to sin, God, please forgive me. It's in that place that God already has a thread of redemption, a scarlet thread of redemption, that I don't have to walk in that condemnation. And then secondly, I want to repent for any disobedience in my life. If I have not been obedient to God, because remember I said over and over and over in a previous podcast that I believe that willful, simple obedience is the highest form of worship to God. So where I have not been putting Him first as the preeminent one in my life, where I have not 
put the kingdom of God first in my life, then I begin to ask the Lord to reveal them to me, and I ask Him to forgive me, for I have failed Him or others because I have not put God's kingdom first in my life, or have not put Him as the, the one that I worship in the throne of my heart. And so then the other thing is, I, I want us to just to take a moment to realize God's grace is to empower us to overcome any temptations that come our way. So when the snake or the serpent one or the, or the cunning one, the sly one comes to lie to us in our minds and to grabs our hearts and distracts us from our keeping our vision focused on the Lord, then let's just pray. Let's pray into that right now because I don't want to be tempted by the things of the world. I truly want to be all that God's called me to be. So Father, I pray for each and every one that's listened to this podcast today and And I pray for myself as we go through times, and we know that we go through struggles and challenges, and the enemy will always try to lie to us. He's cunning, he's sly, he's deceptive. God, let us not be those who fall into deception, but let us always have a deep love for the truth. That, Lord, we would love you because you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father by you, Lord Jesus. Help us to have your heart, your love, so we can be those who present the gospel, the good news to those around us. Amen and amen. If, if you have a prayer request, or if you'd like to contact me or have a prayer need, just email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. Prayer at somebodycares.org. Or you can email us directly at our office at somebodycares at somebodycares.org. That's somebodycares at somebodycares.org. And also, would you help me to let others know about this podcast, A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, As we try to bring to you a word in season, try to bring you good news and testimonials about what's going on, not just in our ministries, but around the nation and around the world in our generation, because there's so many people in the world today that need what you and I have. You see, there's a lot of negative news out there, but what we need today is we need the gospel, which is good news. We need the presentation of the good news in a world full of bad news. God bless you. Until next time, thank you again for joining us and listening to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.